Praise his name. Praise his name. Go in your Bibles to the book of James, if you will. James chapter 5. James chapter 5 this morning. Please um, continue to pray and be uh, present tonight at week number 286 of the North Georgia Revival. And um, Karen will be ministering tonight, so praise God for that. Yeah, come on guys, give the Lord a hand clap. (laughs) Praise His holy name, praise His holy name. You know, it's been, uh, go ahead and turn these off, James, if you would, down here at the front. It's been an incredible couple of weeks for my family, and I'm just thankful to be among church family and to have all of your support and all of your prayers. It's been a glorious two weeks. It's been a trying two weeks, but I'm excited about the future and what God's doing at Christ Fellowship Church. And I cannot stress enough how much, how important it is for those of you that are looking for a church home to be uh, in our Covenant Partners breakfast next Sunday morning. You can sign up at the uh, back, if you will. James chapter 5, I want to... Um, I want to uh, turn your attention there. James, please turn these off right here, okay? Okay, thank you. Well, I hear them buzzing. So, all right. Is that bothering you guys or is it just bothering me? Is it bothering you? So please uh, fix that for me. Can you hear it? You can't hear it? Okay. Well, praise the Lord. I'll stand over here. <laughs> stand to your feet, James chapter 5. All right, Pastor Martin, can you unplug this, do whatever you got to do? It's like a gnat. Hold your ears, it may pop, I don't know. There you go. Praise the Lord. There you go. Took two of you. And you still can't get it. You're doing great, Kyle. I love him. Thank you, guys. Wow, what a presence of the Lord this morning. I want to talk to you for just a, a brief moment about the power of the local church. Verse 13, James chapter 5, is anyone, anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Maybe seated. James, Jesus' half-brother in this particular text, gives an overwhelming and compelling reason for belonging to a church. I just read it. Did you see it? If there's anybody sick among you, let him call for his friends. Devil's gonna hate this message. Amen. If there's anyone among you sick, let him call for the coffee table and the coffee shop Bible study. If there's anyone sick among you, let him call the small group that he or she's a part of. If there's anyone sick among you, let him call for his family. Is that what it says? Throughout the New Testament, in fact, the entire book of Acts and the epistles and the pastoral epistles were written 
on how to live your Christian faith through the context of a local church. Well, I don't believe that. Well, I wish you would. Because when you believe that, you're in alignment with the Spirit of the Word of God. If you do a, a, a deep study, in fact, you don't even have to do a deep study. Even if you just do a shallow study on the Word of God, the majority of the epistles that Paul wrote, in fact, if not all of them, he wrote to local churches on how to conduct life as a group and assembly. The rogue individual solo spirit I can go at this alone that has inundated the Western mindset, Christians, is first and foremost swimming against the stream of the intent of the Word of God. You are literally walking against the grain. At no point in the early days of the church was it even a fault that a person would do life outside of connecting, not with a Bible study, not with a coffee shop group, not a foursome at the, at the golf course and reading a scripture before they go play. And all those things are beautiful. Or a family gathered around the breakfast table in the morning on Sundays. It never entered into the heart or the mind of the early church and the early believers that they would do life outside of the context of a local gathering. Amen. James, the half-brother of Jesus, said, if there's any one of you that are sick, he says, I need you to call the elders. The elders of what? Not just somebody that's a spiritual authority, not just someone that is an online internet rock star that you send in your prayer request, and you're hoping that somebody in that network sees it and jumps on it. And there's nothing wrong with sharing and asking other people to pray for you. But the instruction of the Word of God is this. If you're sick, call for the elders, not the church, universal church, but your church. Amen. Do you see that in the scripture? I don't want you to get mad at me this morning. I don't want you to think, well, he's making things up. It's right here in verse 13, 14. It says, let him pray if anybody's suffering. Anybody cheerful, let him sing. Verse 14, is anybody sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. And then your Bible says, and let the elders pray over him anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And then your Bible says, and the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. Come on now, guys, give God glory right here. Now, according, according to this verse, now stay with me, according to this verse, the local church mm -hmm, mm -hmm, is what we would like to call a health clinic. It's a doctor's office. And better yet, it's an emergency room. The local church is to function as a healing center. And the great news is that if you are sick, you can come to your local church, if they believe this, and request the elders of the church to pray over you the prayer of faith, and then your Bible says, you will get better. Yes. 
I, I need you to see what, is, what he says here because it doesn't even enter his mind that you would be a Christian and not connected to a church. Amen. There's no allocation or allotment for him to think, okay, for those of you that are offended, mad, upset, think that you know church is unimportant, unnecessary, man-made, it's just all of these business principles and models that, that now we've all messed up. For those of you that have isolated yourself from the church, yes. it would blow his mind that you would even think about doing life outside of the protection and guardianship and oversight and support and love without the local church. Are you with me on this? I, I, I declare in this room today that Christ Fellowship Church will be the healing clinic and the doctor's office and the emergency room and surgery unit. That God intends for it to be. Now, you're thinking, well, I, I can get healed outside of the church, obviously. But that's plan B. Amen. Amen. Plan A is yes. find a local church, come underneath its covering. And if you, a loved one, a sibling, a daughter, a son, a spouse is sick, knock on the door and say, according to the book, this is my church, you're my elders. If I request you to lay hands on me and anoint me with oil, uh huh. now watch this, and if you pray the prayer of faith, God says, I'm going to get better and I'm going to get healed. How many of us are sick today unnecessarily? Because we have chosen to not be up under the covering of a local church. So good. Mm. Now look at what it says next. Watch this. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. If he's committed sins, he'll be forgiven. Then he says, confess your trespasses to one another. And pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Talk to me in this house. The local church has been placed in your community for your physical, emotional, spiritual, psychological healing. I'm going to say it again. The local church is an outpost by God that he says, I am going to designate 139 Hightower Parkway as an extension of my kingdom. I am going to establish it. I'm going to give it a pastor. I'm going to put some deacons in place. I'm going to place some elders around them. I'm going to give them teachers and evangelists all in the midst of them. And I'm going to make this 139 high tower, these 15 plus acres, an outpost and extension of my kingdom for Dawson County. I Listen, I'm going to choose to do things in that building. Come on now, somebody. I'm going to choose to manifest myself. I'm going to choose to manifest my word. I'm going to demonstrate my power. I'm going to demonstrate my glory. I'm going to manifest the fullness of who I am in a brick and mortar building called Christ Fellowship Church. This is his divine will. Now, right down the road, there's a church of prophecy. Within 100 yards, there's a Methodist church to our right, right over my right shoulder. Up the road, there's a Baptist church. And all of those churches have specific assignments from God. We do not see things eye to eye. We do not share the same doctrine, but we share the same Jesus. We share the same relationship with Christ. We may believe in things a little bit differently, but God says, I'm going to take that person that may not have full revelation yet, and I'm going to get him to plant a church right there, whether it's in a movie theater, whether it's in a basement somewhere, but I'm going to get them to put a church right there. And that too will be an outpost of my kingdom. 
So good. It's good. So if anybody within the sound of our voice in Dawson County needs to be healed, what they need to do is to find a local church that believes in healing, come up under their leadership and say, according to the scripture, I am going to submit myself to the oversight of the spiritual leadership of this church. And when I'm sick, I can stand upon the word of God because he said it, it's going to be done. Does that help anybody today? Now, I know some of us, not you, some may be thinking, well, he's just trying to grow his church. You're missing the spirit. This has nothing to do with the size of a church. This is just good Bible. This is good for your physical well-being. That's right. It's good. This is the word of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that we can come to a place and request. Now, I, I want to say this, and I'm going to move on, because I feel like I need to say it, because I'm stepping into something right here that's very thick. How can I say it, Sean, that people understand my heart, what I'm about to say, because it's extremely offensive. Okay, and I don't mean to be offensive to, to offend you, but I mean to be truthful to help you. Any believer that is living his or her faith outside of the context of a biblical New Testament local church is in direct opposition of the will of God for his or her life. Now let me, let me say this because some of us don't like that. But again, I must say to you, it never entered into the heart of any believer in the New Testament to do life on their own outside of the connection of a local church. Their survival depended upon it. Yes. Charles Spurgeon said this. Now, who knows Charles Spurgeon where back in the day? As a reformist, this is, this, is, this is what he said. I want you to look at it on the screen. It's so important. He says, I know there are some who say, well, I've given myself to the Lord, but I don't intend to give myself to any church. I say, now why not? And they answer, because I can be just as good a Christian without it. I say, are you quite clear about that? You can be as good a Christian by disobedience to your Lord's command as by being obedient. He goes, there's a brick. What is the brick made for? It's made to build a house. Amen. It is of no use for the brick to tell you that it's just, good, just as good a brick while it's kicking about on the ground by itself. As it would be as a part of a house. Actually, it's a good for nothing brick. Some, some of us are rogue, not y'all, y'all here. Some of us are rogue. Some of us that are watching on TV, I, I, I don't need church. I'm above church. I've been hurt by church. I, I got my little nucleus here. I've got my family. I've got my friends. I'm fine. I'm good. You're a brick. A good for nothing brick. Because it's all about your family. It's all about your circle. It's about your needs. It's about your desires. It's about your feelings. It's about your circle. He adds, so, you Rolling Stone Christians, I don't believe that you're answering the purpose for which Christ saved you. You are living contrary to the life with which Christ would have you live, and you are much more to blame for the injury you do. Now, that's Charles Spurgeon. That's profound. That's greater than profound. I sense in my spirit a great migration back to the local church. Now, there are issues that the church got to get, it's got to work through. 
But don't wait till it's perfect for you to come back. I know some churches have a toxic leadership culture. I know some churches uh, have offended you, betrayed you, hurt you. People inside the church have maybe gossiped about you, walked out on you, offended you in some way. That's life. This is not a congregation of perfect people. We're all fallen. We're all broken. We have the propensity to disappoint you. My Lord. I feel that there's a migration, Karen, coming back to the house of God. I sense it with everything within me. I can't, I, I just can't. I can't get over. Christ fellowship. And how beautiful. And imperfect and glorious, and broken, you are. I can't get over how caring, how tender, how sensitive this church is. I can't get over how Bad we are at times. How, no matter how much I hear about faith, but when I'm tested, sometimes I fall. I believe to the point of the crisis of belief. That's why I need you. That's why I have to have you. That's why I confess my faults to you. So that I can be healed. So that I can have you pray for me, encourage me, because I know some of us, as, as Roy said, when we're walking through the fire, sometimes I don't even have faith to believe. All I'm trying to do is to stabilize myself, to find out where's my footing, when am I going to hit the ground? But if I have that person walk beside me, hold my hand to stabilize me, to say, hey, I got you, I'm with you, I'm here for you, that makes all the difference in the world. I can't fathom, as the darkness increases and intensifies, how anybody would want to stay away from the city that is set on a hill. As it gets darker, we're going to need each, one, each other more. Well, everything's fine now. Everything's fine now. But when you're sick, who are you going to call? When you're sick, who are you going to call? Since I've already messed you up. Touch your neighbor and say, do not be an isolated brick. Now let me tell you. Let me tell you why you want to be a part of this. And what God's doing here. I watched Sunday night with my own eyes. A lady come to this church that was taking about four breaths a minute. Pastor Marty, we're experiencing something that does not come simply because we gather and sing a few songs and hear a few messages. Wow. What we are experiencing is the fullness of an outpost of the kingdom. Because our people gather together to pray. Do you all realize that on a spur of the moment, spontaneous prayer meeting on Thursday, I don't know, close to a hundred people just showed up to say, we need to pray. Last night, over a hundred people gathered together to pray. This morning, close to a hundred people gathered together to pray. Monday night, there'll be a hundred to two hundred people gathered to pray. Together, so that someone that has stroke-like symptoms 
And Anthony, you were in the water, many others of you. Come quickly, quickly right here. Hand me a microphone. I want you to testify uh, right here. Thank you, Danny. Grab that mic, Anthony. Tell everybody what you do for a living, other than the youth pastor here at Christ Fellowship. I'm an EMT. Okay, this is, this is number eight. Yeah. I'm an EMT. And so you know when things are bad medically. So this lady gets into the water on Sunday night, and what's your first thought? Yeah. Honestly, I'm, my, my honest first thought was, why is she here? We need to be going to the hospital. Well, I appreciate your honesty right there. <laughs> no, no, no. That, 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 can I say something to that? And that's not right, because... And I thought to myself, well, what am I thinking? Because we've seen the psoriasis melt off. I've seen the blind eyes open. I've seen people get up out of these wheelchairs and walk out of there. So I'm thinking at the same time, my, my second thought was like, what am I thinking? Because you're, prof- you're a professional medical, uh, you're in the medical field. And, and so that's what, see, there, there's a struggle. And, and the struggle's good. Medicine is great. Doctors are wonderful. Amen. Right, Karen? They're not pitted against one another. They're not in competition with one another. I tell the people all the time, doctors and nurses, I don't care if they're atheists or not, they're on God's side because they're working to make people better. I promise you, I promise you last Thursday when Karen had the emergency surgery, I did not care. I just say, do you know what you're doing? How many breaths a minute was she, was she breathing? She's breathing about four breaths a minute. Roll that right quick. I want you to see this, guys. Tell us your names. Um, this is Marion and I'm Melissa. Marion. Marion. Where are you two from? She's from Claremont and I'm from Dahlonega. Okay, what's going on? Why is she in the chair? Well, she was fine yesterday. We had Bible study and she was singing and laughing and having a great time. And she, this is just an attack from Satan. He's trying to kill her like he's done for years. So she said, today is my day to push through. She said, if I have to crawl, I'm going. So we're here. Is she alert? Everything good? Is she alert? Yes. Yes. This is your mama. Yes. Miss Mary. Stop it right there. So you can see our mobility team obviously had to bring her in. We baptize her, uneventful, and they just take her to the side. And she said something, I think, or somebody would know that I need, I want to float or something like that. Just let me stay in this water. She said, let me just stay in the water. I want you to go to that next video, if you will. This is after her immersion, soaking in the presence of God for about 30 minutes. This is Marion that was in the chair. Thank you, Anthony. My goodness. Yeah, and then she preached for about five to ten minutes. I'm telling you, I don't know in all my life, Pastor Martin, if I've ever seen what I've been seeing at the North Georgia Rival, and and it's intensified the last two to three months. Ever since we went under an attack by the devil, 
when we started assuming our ownership over the spiritual climate of Dawsonville and attacking uh, the school spiritual climate over the high school, the devil has unleashed an enormous amount of opposition. But the more we prayed, the more of the opposition increased, but yet more of the glory that we encountered. Y'all ready for this? It doesn't get any more beautiful than that right there. Christ Fellowship Church is an outpost of the kingdom of God. It's not the only outpost. But it is. Take a look at this. All right. Yeah, yeah, the town. <laughs> For my twin sister, the town. Okay. She's blessed on it. All right, all right, all right. So, Ooh, your, your sister's name is Joan. Joan, right, right. Okay, so, Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for being with us today, Lord. We thank you for meeting us in this water right now, Lord. And we're baptizing this towel. We, we put this, this towel into the water because we know that it's not, it's not the water, but it's the point of contact. It's your contact with the towel that goes on in Joan's body that your healing powers will go into this towel into Joan. And we believe that. We have the faith in it, Lord Jesus. We thank you for healing Joan. And we thank you for, for being with her right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Bless him, Lord. Bless him, Jesus. So I ask by your profession of faith, and needing to be baptized, we baptize you in Jesus' name. Bless her, Jesus. Oh, yeah. Bless her, Lord. Praise the Lord. Bless okay. One year ago this month, Eastern Kentucky experienced the horrendous floods that killed 45 people. A church 
that that lady was a part of was completely wiped out. Dan Beasley that we supported that carries the cross around the nation was the one doing the baptizing. Immediately after the flood, he went to that neighborhood and he saw the devastation. He saw the church. He says, I'll be back and we're going to dedicate this building to the Lord. He built them a cross and he placed a North Georgia revival washcloth in the bottom of the cross and it is now hanging in the new dedicated sanctuary of the church in Kentucky. For those of you that may not understand the severity of the flood, it was devastating. That lady that was just baptized is a member of that church, and this is what she said. My name is Joanna Davidson Holland. I was recently diagnosed positive for a cancer mutation called Lynch Syndrome. It's been in my family for years and it's spread to my mom, my brother, my identical twin sister, and my aunts and cousins. There are five different cancer genes in Lynch. After numerous MRIs, my doctor decided it's best to completely remove my reproductive organs and the cancer. I was scared. I had spent time with the Lord about this, but I had not, but I had not released my fears to Him, nor had I cried out for healing. The day before my surgery, I watched numerous testimonies from the North Georgia Revival. Then we had an amazing service at our little church here in Feisty, Kentucky to honor those who had lost their life in the Eastern Kentucky flood one year ago. Brother Whitney Ward and Brother Dan Beasley spoke of the healing powers of the cross and Jesus meeting us in the water. You could feel the Holy Spirit all across the room touching down on every heart. I felt the Lord saying to me that I needed to go into that sacred body of water where Jesus would meet me. The same creek that flooded our area and took 44 lives. My sister could not get into the water, so I took a cloth in with me that was prayed over and placed on her head, covering her with the love of Jesus. I just knew right then that she and I were both healed. The next day was my surgery day to remove the cancerous reproductive organs. They opened me up to find no cancer. Y'all have room for one more testimony. Yes. Tina Boynton, where are you? Come here quickly. Microphone, thank you. Are you able to make it up on the platform? Come if you would. Tell us about this right here that's coming up on the screen. Tell us about that. So I got a call about a week and a half ago for a five-year-old little girl who was at Chola. She was on a machine that was actually beating as her heart. She had no heart and was waiting on a heart transplant. So my boss's daughter, who their family's Jewish, called me once again and said, do you think we can have another miracle? I said, of course. So I got a prayer cloth. We anointed it, prayed over it. I put it in the mail for the five-year-old little girl. And she called me earlier or late last week on Thursday and said, God performed another miracle. Said that she had her heart transplant. They placed the heart. It was beating, and then she went into cardiac arrest. They took six minutes to do CPR in the emergency room and in the surgery room and said, you know, there's nothing else that we can do. We just need to pray. So they can laid the prayer cloth over her once again, and her heart started beating again. She's up dancing. They sent me a video while I was in church of her dancing and everything. So I have the video. It's on my phone. But let me tell you. Hold on a second. I want to I go back. So she had a heart transplant. It wasn't operating correctly. Did they have to put the machine back on her? They put her back on the machine, and she was on it for like 36 hours. And then they called me and said, we're going to, you know, 
pray, pray, pray. So they laid the prayer cloth on her again. And within like minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, I'm not 100% sure, she called me and said, she's beating, her heart's beating, it's working. They took her off the machine. And as of today, just a few minutes ago, they sent me the video of her standing up dancing. She's five years old. And let me tell you, I just got to add to this. Four years ago, or three years ago, I should say, I would not be on this stage right now. I didn't know who I was in God. I didn't know my identity. I felt worthless. But let me tell you, August of 2020, I started coming to church here. September, I'm just like Alec Jones. I don't know where he's at. I was drug into Caneo. Had it not been for Caneo and standing on that blood covenant and my identity in God, that little girl would not be living right now because I obeyed what God told me to do. So it's another Caneo ministry training our miracle. Get in Caneo and let God use you like he did me. So you're going to be a brick that stands alone? Or are you going to be a brick that's united together? Well, I don't need anybody to teach me. I have the Holy Spirit. I know John talks about the Holy Spirit being your teacher, but you can't stand alone on that Scripture and ignore that He has given teachers to the body to teach us. There's the combination. Chad, come here. Can I share one more? Yes. Stand up here. Nobody in this room knows you. Where are you from? From Madisonville, Kentucky. It's a miracle that you're standing here today. Absolutely. Because not too long ago, you were in a very undesirable place. Where was that? I was in Hopkins County Jail, but I want to even share before that. Uh, my life was together. It was going good. I didn't have God in my life. Uh, I was out on bond. The bond got revoked for nothing I did. And I made a pact with myself that I wasn't going back to prison. I've done served 11 or 12 years in prison. I planned to shoot it out with the cops. God moved through other people in my life, even when I wasn't living for God, wasn't seeking God, didn't renounce God. And I wasn't ready when that time came. And I ended up in the jail with Alan Mincer in Hopkins County Jail. Now stop right there. Many of you know Alan. We, we brought him up on the platform before. But I want, I want to talk about your tattoos and the life you lived before. I notice an upside down 666. I don't know, can anybody get a close up of that right there? Uh, there you go, get as close as you can. It's 999. Um, what were you involved in as far as religion is concerned prior? Uh, I've been in paganism. I was pagan for 20 years. Uh, in prisons, I was, I got into the gang life. I've, I've been president from an organization in two different yards in the state of Indiana. I just, I did that from 09 to 17. I have to gang member doing bad things to, to people. But you met him? Absolutely. Was it in prison? It was in Hopkins County Jail. And you got born again. And I, I just, there you are in prison. <laughs> That's pretty intense. Mm. 
That's where it all changed. Right there? Right there is where it all changed. I'll tell you, the, the guy to my left, or actually to my right, on the left side of the picture, he came up to me the other night, and he was like, brother, we both gave testimonies Friday night at the Dying to Self group Alan has at the River Nortonville. He said, brother, I hope you realize how powerful that moment was in your life. And I said, absolutely. He said, he said I, I've helped baptize a lot of people. He said, when you stepped in that water, I literally felt the vibration all over me, and I was come to tears. And it's been, it's been crazy ever since. I ain't going to lie to you. It's been wild. It's, it's been wild. So you made it down here. Trevor? Yeah, Trevor. Come here. All the way up here. Can I share how I met him? Yeah, tell me. Uh, through obedience to God, I was laying in my chair in my recliner waking up about three weeks ago on just about three hours before this. And uh, I was in a prayerful mind state. I was starting my day out seeking God. A call comes over the scanner because my little brother's a paramedic. We keep, keep a scanner in our living room. A call come over, and, it's, and it was him paging or calling dispatch, asking for an ambulance to the, to the gas station. I hear his name, and I'm like, man, he sounds so familiar. But I pull, I, so I pull up his Facebook page, and I get to looking at him. I'm like, man, he looks so familiar. But there's no way I've ever, ever met him before. When we finally met, I was like, I don't, know, I don't know what it was. I know what it was. The Holy Spirit put him on me, and I felt that need to reach out to him in a Tell here, you tell him. Uh, all right, so I'm Trevor Beck from from Tennessee. I, I hate claiming Kentucky, <laughs> <laughs> but I've been in Kentucky for the past five years. Um, I get I, I was raised in church my whole life. Um, I'm gonna I'm tell you the most valuable thing in, ever. Every single one of y'all that have kids, you got to teach them. Because, because for 18, 17 years of my life, I was there every Sunday, every Wednesday, every event there was. I wasn't just there, but my daddy made me set up tables, set up chairs. I stepped away from God. Was I ever really even with God? Um. I didn't even know what drugs looked like, smelt like, until I was 19 years old. Started dabbing a little bit. Uh, first time I went to jail, I was 19. Got sent to prison, 21, 22. In between 19 and 22, I, I got locked up eight times. Every time I ever got out, I, I found a better way to get away from drugs. I found a better way to run from cops. I always wanted a family, I wanted to be a farmer, I wanted to be a church-going man. And, and that last time, that ninth time I got locked up, I was done. I was done. I prayed for a family. I got out. God gave me a little girl, wonderful woman, stepson. For, five, for four years, been living the best life. I got down with the white boys, white supremacists in 2017. Lived the best life that I ever had in the last four years. Um, got on a worship team out of Egypt. I don't know if you know who that is. Probably not. So in January, I stepped away from the worship team. Me and, me and the old lady, we got into it, separated, lost my kids. Um, Started smoking pot, did a drop of acid, and I realized where I was fixing to be at again. Sunday, one Sunday morning, I was walking down the road to go get an energy drink. I was cussing God out. I get a text from this dude right here. Don't even remember what it said. He's like, hey, what's going on? Kind of recognized the dude. Don't know who he is. We kind of recognize him. Um, he starts spreading, you know, a little bit of love. Jesus, this come to crossfire. Next thing, I'm getting locked up. He don't know this. I'm I'm in cuffs right now. My phone's going off. 
I threatened to kill a cop. I caught a class A, class B, two class C's and a misdemeanor that day in Tennessee. That's 15, 20 years. Seven hours later, I was walking out of jail. Come on. This dude went to his church, got with his, his family. I prayed. Who don't want to, nobody wants to go to jail. Nobody wants to go to prison. I was praying. Seven hours later, I walked out, talked to this dude the very next day. This dude's at my job. This dude's been here every day since. Um, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This, this picture right here is when we were at the River Church in Nortonville, um, Kentucky, and the Lord did a deep work in your heart and in your soul. I, the reason I brought these two gentlemen up here today is I want you guys to know the significance and the outreach of this one little outpost in Dawsonville, Georgia has impacted these two men's lives in an indirect way. And I could not be more proud to be a part of a, a tribe, an assembly, than I am at this point. Everywhere I go, people brag on you guys and say, tell them to not give up, to not walk out, to, to endure the suffering, the struggle, the, the devil's antics. He said, keep pushing forward because it's having an, an, an impact on churches all over America. Stand to your feet all across the room. Stand to your feet. Trevor, thank you. Chad, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, let him have this moment. Just, just remain standing. The best advice that I could give to anybody in this room, two things. If you're not in Caneo, do it. I know you're busy, I know you have family, I know you have obligations, but at your feet is a golden nugget that if you'll pick it up, it'll change your world. It's not easy. It requires something from you. But there's a Jewish nurse, Tina. I don't know if she's a believer or not, heard what God's doing at this outpost and said, can you send me a cloth? And a child today is dancing. Number two, connect, unite, with a church preferably since you're here this church with all of its flaws all of its imperfections and cracks and things of that nature connect quit waiting on the perfect church there's no such thing we need your rock we need the brick to be placed into the wall to build the household of God this right here tell me about that
That book has opened my mind up. And being in that group with them brothers in a setting where we took off that mask of being this guy and that guy to washing feet and praying over each other. And when you need healing, we're placing hands on brothers and and praying for them. Like, but, and it's... Explain this. What is that right there? That's us on our face. If I'm mistaken, it's... No, I don't think it was me right there. It might be right there. I don't know. But... That's, that's us on our face seeking God. We would, we would literally come in, we'd go in at 3 o'clock, and from 3 to 4, we would take, unless we pray, we would open it up. We would go through and hit the highlights in one chapter, and then we'd go for 45 minutes and seek God's face. Ask him to put his finger on things in our life that didn't, didn't serve him and remove it from us. Can I give testimony on that? Very quickly. Okay. I, I will tell you, I, along with a pagan lifestyle, I lived a homosexual lifestyle for 20 years. And uh, the second time we did that, I asked God to take anything away from out of my life that didn't serve him. My partner that I was with starts sending me messages talking about, I can't, I'm leaving this town, da, 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 da. I don't accept it. I go back and I'm like, no, God, anything but that. Please, anything but that. Okay, a week before I was released, I got down in the shower, and I hope none of y'all know how nasty that is. I get down on my knees in the shower, and I'm like, God, if this does not serve you, if it's not in your will for my life, take it from me, please. When, when I go home a week later, and I message him, he's like, I got a couple things I got to do. I'll come by your grandma's, and I'm going to come talk to you. He comes over, knocks on the door. We go outside. He's like, bro, I got to talk to you. I said, shoot. He said, bro, I don't want to do this no more. Uh, I'm, I'm done with this. I was like, thank you, Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Do for me what I couldn't do for myself, and he did for me what I couldn't do for myself. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, let's just lift our hands. Thank you, Lord. Some of us need prayer right now. If you need prayer for whatever is going on in your life, come right now to this altar. Come as quick as you possibly can. If you're sick in your body, if you're away from God, you need to be saved, come right now. Just come. So compelling of a presence of the Lord today. He's here. Right now, He's here. Right now. He will meet with a pagan in a shower on the floor. He will meet with you at this altar. Come right now. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, cry out to him right now. Tell him what you need. Tell him what you're going on in your life. Repent. Turn. Be honest with him. transparent about your brokenness before him. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Jesus. People are doing business with God. If you're lost, you don't know Him, you're unsaved, and you want to be born again, raise your hand right now. I want to see it. I want to see it. If you're not saved and you want to be born again, raise your hand so I can see it because we're going to lead you to Christ. Anybody in the room? Anybody in the room? Altar workers, come very quickly. Lay your hands on them. Lay your hands. Just put your hand on their back. Put your hand on their shoulder. Identify with them. Pray the prayer of faith over them. Bless you, Lord. He's here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. A few more altar workers here to my left. Thank you, guys. Move quickly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Right here. Right here. Right here. Come on, let's lift our hands right now all across the room. Father, we thank you that your local church is a healing center. Thank you, Lord, that your local church is an emergency room. It's a clinic. It's a school. Thank you, Lord. It's a house of worship. Uh huh. Thank you, Lord. Now, Holy Spirit, be attracted to your house. Come into this room, Lord Jesus. Walk through those doors and do what you would do in your physical bone body if you were standing right here in front of us. We fully anticipate and expect it today. Deliver us, O oh God. Heal us, O oh God. Restore our relationships. Come on, let's do it. Prodigals come home. Anxiety leave. Pain in our bodies. We dismiss you in the name of Jesus. Lung conditions. Come on, take a deep breath. Father, fill their lungs with your healing power. Infections. Scars, skin conditions, somebody's dealing with acne, and I'm not talking about just a teenager, I'm talking about somebody's dealing with acne, and it's just, it's, it's just popped up recently. Father, I thank you that you're going to take care of that in the name of Jesus, that your healing power, that you're going to touch them and give them skin, Lord, like a baby. Lord, soft, pliable, Lord Jesus. Remove the infection out of their body. Remove the condition out of their body. Take it away, Lord, at the root. Uh-huh, at the root. I hear the Lord saying somebody needs to forgive. There is a physical manifestation that has taken root in your body that has caused poison, and it, it's causing all types of skin problems. The Lord... I feel is saying to us, if you will release the offender, if you will release that person that violated you, forgive them, forgive them, I will remove that root. I will take care of that root. It will no longer produce mm -hmm, that skin condition. Thank you, Lord, that even right now, by tonight, by tonight, your skin's going to be different. Ha. Huh. Thank you, Lord. Come on, another 60 seconds. Church, pray all over the room. Pray all over the room. We love you, Lord. Uh-huh. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Do it again tonight, Jesus. 
Those waters on fire tonight, Lord Jesus, as you said that you're going to baptize people with the Holy Spirit fire. Lord, you be the baptizer tonight. I'm in agreement with that. I believe it. And everybody in this house said amen and amen and amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Roy, come on up here if you would. Come here, Roy. Uh, during the month of August, other than the ninth when we're having our fellowship, I've asked several individuals to preach for me on Wednesday night. This coming Wednesday night, Roy George is going to be preaching on Wednesday night. Where's Monteo? Monteo, where are you? Monteo, somewhere in the room. Right here. Come on up here, Monteo. He's going to be preaching for me in August as well. Alec, is Alec here? Is Alec here? Alec's on the camera. Come on over here, Alec. He's going to be preaching. Gavin, come on up here. These, uh, it's called Summer Jam in August. All right? Sermon Jam in August. Alec, Gavin. Mateo and Roy are going to be preaching for us on Wednesday nights. I need you to be here on Wednesday night this, this coming so to be with what God's doing. It's going to be fire. All right, I'm going to bless you and you're going to go. Sign up for Caneo, number two, Covenant Partners Breakfast next week. Today you can sign up. Pastor Jeremy right at the table out in the back, I believe it is. Pull up the QR code if we can. If you need that for convenience, can I bless you? How many of you have been encouraged today? Thank you, Chad. Thank you, Trevor. Father, I thank you for these incredible people. I'm so proud of them. I am so glad to be united with them. Family, Lord Jesus, I thank you for um, our tribe. Mm. Lord, bless them. Keep them safe. Bring us back tonight at 5 for prayer. And Lord, week 286 of the North Georgia Revival, where we will eyewitness your glory and your majesty. Thank you, Lord, for being in this house today. And everybody said amen and amen. God bless you. I'll see you tonight.